Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. I don't like it when Skype does updates like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, announce that you're doing something, please. Anyway, hi, welcome to August, folks. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to uh, well, I guess we can't call it this month cult cinema catacombs because we're not doing nothing cinematic. Um, I still think we can. I still think we can call it that. I still okay. Think, yeah. So cult cinema catacombs, the television edition. I guess we could call yeah. it this month. Yeah. No, not ready for prime. Ready for prime time cult cinema catacombs. There you go. <laughs> uh, this month we're going to be again doing a couple of episodes. Uh, a show that actually turns 30 years old this year. And thanks to Jamie Oliver has come back into the public eye. So we figured now would be a good time to re-examine one of the most WTF decisions in television history. <laughs> Cop Rock. I, I am so excited. I watched, <laughs> I was telling you before the show, I watched this show when it was on the TV. When it was airing, I watched this. So I am very, very excited to re-engage, re-engage in cop rock. <laughs> very excited. I only remember just because uh, I did watch a couple of episodes of it when, when it originally aired, also in 1991. And I only remember a few things about the show. Like I remember the police lineup song. Um, of course, the lullaby of the crackhead is singing to her baby before she sells it to the black market guy. Um, and of course, um, babies are us. I mean, you, you can't forget you something like babies the, are us. Uh, the Randy Newman theme song. Oh, I blanked the Randy Newman theme song out of my head when when I was looking at footage of the show again. I was like, oh god, that's right. Randy Newman did the theme song to this, <laughs> and the theme song that has nothing to do with the show. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I also remember the plastic surgeon song, Perfection. I remember that 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 came back into. Oh, and of course, um, let's be safe out there. The big giant rallying number in the first episode. Mm-hmm. God, I remember more of the show than I realized. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do because it's great. So so. Just to let people know out there who don't know about this show, describe <laughs> it to our listeners, Mr. Farmer. So it's a Stephen Boschko cop drama. Mm-hmm. So Stephen Boschko's still making cop dramas to this mm-hmm. day. 30 years later, Boschko's still out there making cop dramas. I'm trying to remember what some Boschko drama, cop dramas are at this point. Oh, the um, first two that come out the top of my head are Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue. That's yes. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, but though even those are a little dated now, but like, yeah. he's like, I mean, up to current, he is making, uh, making shows. He did LA law. He's do he did, a well, so writing credits, I'm, let me, let me see if I can, cause he's done, um, he's done stuff up to 2016 with murder in the first, but you can still, everything's still friggin' Bochco. Um, I was going to ask is was uh, I guess he's not. I was going to ask if he was responsible for like blue bloods, but I guess he's not. No, I don't think he is. But it looks like maybe he. Uh, God, he even gave us. He, he even gave us Dookie Hauser. He died. <laughs> he died in 2018. 
Okay. So he made cop shows until he died in 2016, basically. Wow. Um, literally the last 40 years, he's been involved in cop shows. Like, you know, you know, Stephen Bochco cop shows. Everybody mm. does. L.A. Law, NYPD Blue, Murder One, like you said, Hill Street Blues, uh, like Doogie, Doogie Hauser, um, Commander in Chief, Blind Justice, um, Brooklyn South. Just every everything you could you could imagine. He did Columbo for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. I mean that is seventy one. He did Hooperman, <laughs> which was such a great idea. Uh, oh you know, my for god! Sure. <laughs> well, he wrote in nineteen seventy nine. He wrote one episode of The White Shadow, mm. uh, which is the basketball TV show. So uh, McMillan and wife. He has a career. Yeah. My friend. Um, but he got the wild hair along with um, along with another guy to make a serious cop drama. But but it's a musical. Yeah. And it also stars Ronnie Cox. <laughs> yes. Because when you because when you think of musical, you think of Ronnie Cox. You know, the first thing I think I think Ronnie Cox, I think. Uh, typecast of evil corporate overlord <laughs> as my as my you know like um like uh hard but fair police chief in a tv show that's that's mm-hmm. what i always go to yeah for sure but that's what this is this is nypd but also hamilton this is um the shield but cats this is copper <laughs> Yes, the shield, but the shield mixed with cats, I guess, is the best way to describe this show. It really is. Cause... Because the most interesting thing to me is the the subject matter that they tackle, and it is, it's very much like a CSI or a um, Law and Order, like a Dick Wolf type show. Mm-hmm. In in terms of subject matter, child trafficking, drugs, you know, the the whole night, the whole gambit. You take that, and then you add. Oddly upbeat musical numbers. <laughs> it is a fantastic train wreck. It is something I would have written in high school to try to put on live with my theater team in high school. But Stephen Bochco made this and talked Robocop's Ronnie Cox. It. It's like, wonderful. hey. Oh, I forgot. Uh, uh, um, Peter Onorati's in it too, who you will recognize. Character, esteemed yeah, character. This show, yeah, this this show is just bonkers beyond it is, control. It is it is an insane show. Yeah, and um, TCH Pounders in four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly enough, Cop Rock only lasted. I'm actually surprised it lasted eleven episodes because this 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 idea was so bonkers to, to think that um it could work as a show i <laughs> that um you know they had that going on uh but yeah we got 11 episodes of this thing well, and the Bosco, they were like this can't be what this is <laughs> sure enough it was um it was exactly what they said it was going to be and um, 
Yeah, it aired from, let's see, it aired from September 26, 1990 to December 26, 1990. So it ended on the day after Christmas. And I'm taking a look here and, uh, and just looking at like the subject line, the subject matters and the cast and everything. And I mean, it's amazing that everybody's career survived this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, it's just, like I said, I'm surprised that 11 episodes actually got on the air. I guess people were just stayed tuning to the show. The, those who actually survived past the first episode just because of how batshit crazy this whole idea was. They wanted to see it to completion. <laughs> I, again, I think that I think that Bochco carries carried a lot of weight in the industry, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they could have. I think that they gave him a lot of leeway to do this thing. There weren't, it's not like a period of time. You can't look at this period of time and say there were a lot of musical shows on TV. Like, Oh, well, obviously this got made because you know, there were a ton of like musical doctor shows or Mm -hmm. musical firefighter shows or whatever. So he comes into the room and he's, (laughs) he's like, yeah, imagine NYPD blue, but with singing and somebody, and they went, all right i guess i okay i mean you're steve bochco so this has to be fan insanely fantastic we saw dennis fran's ass in your last show so so this show has to be you know and the the most spectacular part of this is he continued making cop shows yeah he continued Everyone making cop shows after this. They just never, they just never ever like the thing. The the most interesting thing about this show for me is you never hear about it. It is the wildest thing in the world. It is the wildest mm-hmm. idea you you could come up with for a TV show. It is a serious version of Smigatoon. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it is, it is almost like a Tim and Eric show yes like it's almost at that it, it's almost like a children's hospital show like that style of show because it is so surreal it almost has to be like surrealist comedy like eric andre is going to show up at some point <laughs> it's wild but then they never once the show ended no one ever talked about it ever again yeah it was swept under the rug and it's like some people vaguely remembered it being around and it had like a minute cult underground cult following for a while, but then recently John, uh, Jamie Oliver, or John, John, Oliver. Is John Oliver, but Jamie recently, Oliver is the cook. Yeah, sorry, John Oliver. It's okay. So, so John Oliver recently dedicated an entire half hour of his show on HBO to discussing the existence <laughs> of Crop Rock to remind people that. This was something that was genuinely greenlit. And as he said, this ran on television weekly for 11 weeks (laughs) for a full hour. And he played a couple of clips like I I distinctively remember. And in fact, this is going to be one of the episodes we're going to watch. He played a clip of a jury in a courtroom when they go to release the verdict, it turns into a gospel choir singing he's guilty. Yes. 
and and of course we got babies are us um uh, and it's like every time he'd show a clip he's like a reminder this was and an hour long back show <laughs> yes he kept, he kept coming back to it which i think was the best part of the um of the uh show for me is that he kept coming back and like i told you i had watched this live i didn't well, remember because i was so young when i watched it i was mm-hmm. like 13 i don't think it dawned on me at that point how insane the concept of this show is me neither it didn't dawn on me either i mean looking back at it now i'm like going i mean fame is one thing i but <laughs> is, that, is that why this got made I, I well I mean yeah because fame I, I knew fame even today when I think of the concept of fame fame would work because of what the show is I mean well look at Glee Glee was on the air for God knows how long but something like this this is just it, it's just so this is this is the 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 television concept equivalent of getting high and coming up with the ultimate stoner dessert oh my God the other producer for this show um. William Finkelstein was responsible for Bad Lieutenant Port of Call starring Nick Cage. Well, there you go. Okay. If you need, and he's still, his last producer credits are The Good Fight. Wow. So he he was involved. I think he's a Botchko partner because he did NYPD Blue. He did uh, Law and Order. He did Murder One. He did LA Law. Yeah. So there, and Cop Rock. So he was a supervisor. There you go. I'm looking for the, I'm I'm trying to find with Cop Rock the um the like uh uh composer or choreographer for the show. Um that's what I'm looking for right now. Okay. <laughs> you want to know who's responsible for these I songs, huh? I want to know what else that person has done. I'll crack um, up if it's someone like Steven Sondheim or something like that. Right. Roger Stein. <laughs> But thanks to John Oliver doing an episode behind this, um, <laughs> like I myself, people flocked to the internet after they found out that Shout Factory had quietly released this show on DVD and snatched up all the available printed copies that are currently available to the point where when I ordered my copy of this show on DVD, uh, there was a disclaimer on the Shout Factory page that said, due to high volume, we are currently experiencing some delays in the shipment of this television show. Thank you, John Oliver. <laughs> so, <laughs> so John Oliver has now created a cult sensation with Cop Rock. So here it is 30 years later, this absolute failure of a show, an absolute failure of an idea has now found a cult following and it's thanks to John Oliver. That's the power of John Oliver right there. It's a, the fact <laughs> the that man, the man is a genius. I will, I will tell you that. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, this show fell out of the zeitgeist, which is, which is wildly unfortunate because it is such a wild show. And I really think they tried to uh, do what, um, what Jason Statham did to uh, in the name of the King. And, <laughs> and then John Oliver had to dig it up. Yep. And it's unburied now. It is out there. It's now apparent, like I said, since they're having a a, a backup on shipping copies, it's now bestseller for Shout Factory. Nice. Uh, So that have that coming. I on myself am kind of excited 
about receiving my copy in the middle this week. Um, so we've decided that we're going to watch the first four episodes of Cop Rock. We're not going to watch the entire 11-hour uh, extravaganza. Uh, we're going to just watch four hours of it. We're going to basically watch um, all the way up to the Black Market Baby Exchange. So where is uh, it available? If they can't get it, where can they get it? Well, it, it Shout Factory is going to still... Um, honor any orders that come through because they realize they got a money maker on their hands here. So they're there. You get it through that. If you want to buy it on Amazon, it is available on Amazon as well, but there's delays on Amazon because of shout factories delays. However, someone also was kind enough, uh, go that goes by the cop rock project on YouTube to release the entire series onto YouTube. So, um, yeah, you, you, they apparently have not only released all the episodes onto YouTube, but there's also some episodes that are available with running commentary that they did. And I think they also did this as a charity <laughs> as well right. to raise money for a charity. They, they, have like, they would have like weekly screenings of select episodes of Cop Rock to raise money for charity. And I'm going, good God, I can't believe <laughs> This is going on with the show, so that's why I was just like, okay, we got to do Cop Rock. I was just like, the, now is the time. You know, it's it's been thirty years. It's back in the Z, Z guys. Now is the time for us to tackle Cop Rock. Yep, let's do it. So we're gonna go and dive into the first four episodes of this uh, nonsense. And <laughs> when we come back, we will uh, discuss how we feel about this show. Yes, we, we might sing about it. You never know. <laughs> All right, gang. Randy uh, Newman wrote this song for Cop Rock. That's my Randy Newman impression. Did you like it? Uh, I did it for you. <laughs> Rick Gutierrez loves Randy Newman. <laughs> you know what? I guess we're going to have to, you know, normally we have the trailer for a movie, the audio for the trailer for the movie in between these two segments, but there's. No trailer that exists for Cop Rock. Can so, you uh, uh, splice a little bit of the uh, uh, the the uh, child trap song in here? Uh, I I will try if I can find it, but um, mainly I know that everyone's going to get a chance to hear that in, that incredible Randy Newman song. That's good. Yeah. In here, you slice me and go um, Cop yeah. Rock. <laughs> Randy Newman. This is becoming a Rick and Morty episode all of a sudden with you doing this. I was listening to I Love LA. Uh, It's got calliope music in the middle for some reason. Thanks, Randy. You weren't listening to like short people or something? No, I listen to I Love LA. And then then I'll also listen to Eric Clapton's just in the way that you use it a lot too sometimes just because i like that it comes in on the i like it it comes in on the chorus that's that's ballsy like no way it just starts and i'm like okay i mean you sang a song about it you racist i think my favorite uh randy newman parody ever was on the family guy when they had that randy randy newman just singing about everything that he sees yeah which is what randy newman does i mean she's going to pick the apple and now she eat it. <laughs> Listen, there is a parody song from You've Got a Friend in Me to something about your friend liking pee. And I don't know where it is, oh but I'm going to work on it while we watch these. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it might involve Rick. So you might want to give him a heads up. You got it. 
<laughs> By the way, before we go, um, I'm horrified and also um, uh, um, drawn to this thing that Roy made of me and one of our friends, <laughs> Pitbull Podcasters, Rick Gutierrez, as um, Cheech and Chong. Your face is too good it on the body of Chong. It is, it is way too good. I'm going to have to post this on post our that, Facebook and our Twitter to, page. Post that to the Twitter page because people need to see this because it is horrifying how good it is. Like, I, I watched it twice to figure out it was me. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think I've done that. I've done. I put your face, I think, on, on Cheech and Chong. I put your face on Roger Moore, James Bond. Yeah. Um, it's but the Cheech and Chong one works too well. My two favorites are Michael Keaton from Batman and Cheech and Chong and and Chong so far. Tommy Chong. Those are those are the two that I've got right now. All right. Enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So we will be right back after we experience the insanity. That is cop rock. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Hit it. He's guilty, Judge, he's guilty. You could see it in his eyes. He did the crime and now he's got to pay. He's guilty, judge, he's guilty We have seen through all his lies The time has come to put this boy away Well mm-hmm. Oh yeah Woo right. Sonny, the end is come a child. Sunday, I was confused in every way. Now you got some hard times coming. He didn't know right from wrong. To you, my dear, I want to make it clear. I want to thank the jury. dismissed with the thanks of the court we are adjourned and we're back i wow. guess whatever <laughs> whatever man Ooh. okay you know what um so after enduring the first god i got so many words about the first four episodes of cop rock um i refuse to believe no cocaine was involved 
Kane had to be involved somewhere. This show invented bath salts, so that's good. <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. Here's the thing, though, that was kind of that I was I all of a sudden found myself going with Cop Rock is that um, I started getting sucked into some of the stories, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to allow myself. How? How? I, I want to know. Finishing the four episodes, how did you get sucked into the stories? The, the only story I got kind of sucked in with was the uh, the the, the shithole cop story. That was the only one that I got sucked into. The other ones that were going on with the uh, you know, Duber McDuber Dube, who was you know new to the police force, and the Babies Are Us one, and you know that and the Will They Won't They police couple and all that stuff. You know, fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> but. The one about the corrupted cop, I started, you know, kind of getting into, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to let myself do that. I don't know, man. I don't know. There was, there was, since I spent the money on this damn DVD set, I see myself finishing the show out, uh, especially now that, um, that, uh, Mayor Horseface got a facelift. Yeah, Mayor Horseface got a facelift, and, uh, Ronnie Cox is a cowboy, and (laughs) fuck everything about Cop Rock, all right? (laughs) Just literally, there are a few redeeming qualities in this thing, and there are very few. There are very few. But, you know, the mass majority of it just is a piece of hot trash, like wet garbage (laughs) ass trash. So we kind of get the tone set for what the show is going to be like when our very, very first thing that we see is a police raid on a crack house. Yeah, and and you know it's it's the very stereotypical crack house, you know, where there's one white woman and everyone else is black, and you know, the police are just busting down, and it's your typical Steve Boschko action, you know, late night, you know, uh, cop action going on and everything, and then all of a sudden it becomes Boys in the Hood the musical, and it's yeah, with the rap we own these streets. Which, you know, is dark enough. I was just like, okay, New Jack City, the musical, I can get with this, okay, and then BAM! Randy Newman. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a lot. Every episode was like, throw to Randy Newman's intro song with the cast just jamming out in the recording studio, apparently. At the worst possible moment. It's just always Randy Newman. so jarring when they do it. Because it's like we get like this mediocre ass song to start the show off with, and then bam, we get it's raining, but it's the rain. And the cast like, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever. I mean, Ronnie Cox is like, yeah, Randy, do it. I do like, however, the um, the makeup that. I, I do ever like the the makeup that was um, applied to the mayor to make her look ugly. Oh God, <laughs> that was some, that like was some dark crystal like shit. <laughs> I know. It's like she came out of the screen. I was like, "Give us the shot, or you'll go free." <laughs> and just that scene when the are they or are they not twin consultants that come in and talk to her are like, oh, my God, like you're (laughs) ugly. You are a horrible, ugly human. 
<laughs> like you are the worst thing in the world. And then everybody's just like, you're so ugly. <laughs> just this like whole like insult parade going on. You know, they called her everything but a cow. Uh, <laughs> you really did. And then when she had her assistant come in and her assistant's doing everything he can to not say you're ugly. He's just like, you, 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 you have a certain type of look that is um, equated in certain groups. Just tell her she's ugly. Oh, oh, yeah. The one that doesn't want to lie to her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. There's so much going on in this show. There's just. It's one of those shows where you, I mean, I understand you want to have a few storylines going on here and there, but there are so many storylines going on in these first four episodes. I'm like, pick a damn focus. Well, they gave you, they gave you all of the the major storylines. They gave you, um, uh, the age differential between the cop and the, uh, and the medical examiner. I don't Uh know what that is. But it's wild. The the uh, and then her partner who wants to get in her pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wants to get in her pants. She might want to get in his pants. We can't tell. We got the corrupt cop. You know, we got the shield corrupt cop story going on mm-hmm. as well. Um, we've got uh, the mayor. We've got whatever the fuck going on with Ronnie Cox. I don't even know. I'm a cowboy and I got, why the fuck does he have? There's no storyline there besides the fact that he's a cowboy. Why the fuck does he have like a penny arcade shooting gallery? Yeah, he's got a shoot him up. He's shooting live rounds in his office in city hall. This show is wild. It makes no sense. He opens up the closet and then there's this cowboy. Reach for the sky. (laughs) Yes. I prefer the porn version, Cock Rock. <laughs> That's what I watched. I mean, I saw the workout scene where he's whining about not getting a sausage. Whatever. Okay. That was the one song I could definitely tell was written by Randy Newman, was the oh, yeah. workout song. Because it's like everything else, I was like, okay, you know, this is not your typical Randy Newman S stuff. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we hear that song and i was waiting for him to say you got a friend in me with the way that the song well, it was. was it was definitely short people-esque yes yeah it was very very observational tongue-in-cheek uh sung ironically that's you know that's the randy newman style he absolutely wrote that song yeah um, it, it didn't it didn't help i kept playing other randy newman songs oh, off youtube god chris kept like did this like this whole montage of other randy newman songs and they all fit i he actually had me mute the opening credits music and played strange things from toy story and it fit yeah well i'm sorry yeah. the scene where she's selling the baby short people seem to fit that that moment listen just easy, easy, producer Chris, because un- unironically, Baby Merchant slaps shit. It is, <laughs> it is the best song that I've heard. It is strong Phil Collins vibes coming in hard with that. Um, that guy owned that entire scene. God, God bless him, because that song slapped like for real. Like I'm like, this song is good. Like there's one song. I'll tell you what songs were were awful 
okay? The of all the song. songs that were awful. The one song I did okay, the one song that I liked, but I didn't like the song. I just liked the guy was um you know the um the big ruffian from uh Roadhouse, that guy's yeah. song where he sang it with the uh, with the mayor about taking the bribe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. With, like with him the, I like. The song with, sucked. With the pulp fiction briefcase. Yes, with the light-up Pulp Fiction briefcase. That song sucked. That guy, however, yes, all bring him back for every song. And the Baby Merchant song slapped. The, the songs that sucked the worst were any song that the corrupt cops sang. The oh. prison song. Oh, that was horrible. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, and then the thing that also got me was, you know, because everybody in this cast sings. And even whether they Ronnie, should or not, they sing. Yeah, even Ronnie Cox sings. But it's like we get to the guy who's like the police chief, and he's at home with his wife who has <laughs> yet like we need another storyline. She's given up her, her career in art to be a mom because well, it's she also of- is from she also is Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I realize that we're in the early nineties, but girl, come on. So she's given up that dream and everything. And then he goes to open and sing and sing. And I'm like, okay, what does this guy's singing voice look like? I mean, sound like does not match him at all because here's this guy who kind of looks almost like Jack Webb and he opens his mouth and you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Strong Gutenberg vibes coming off of that guy. And, and just, just brings this like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, those were not enough storylines. Then we get another one with the coroner-like guy who, you know, is is now committing fraud, being told by his doctor, you need to lose some weight, fat ass, or you're going to die. And I'm like, this uh, is going to be an actual storyline? Yeah. Yeah, it was the humor. That, that was the humor storyline. Yeah. Like, they have to have – the. okay, so I got to get into something here. And I told you I had issues – Early on, you, you you said that you had issues on top of issues with this show, which I'm not sure well, about. So my issues aren't necessarily with this show. And they are. Let's not get it twisted. I absolutely have issues with this show in general. But this is the most blatant version of a of a thing that I absolutely hate that I've ever seen. And I don't think I, it it you know when I watched it the first time, I was very young. It was on TV, so I hadn't built this. Um, this universal theory of everything around this. My thing is, I don't dislike musicals. Mm-hmm. I come from a musical theater background. I have performed in plenty of musicals. I enjoy musicals. I hate musicals that you cannot tell how it's supposed to be happening. So, yeah. If you look at a musical, like a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical or you know, an and, and old Hollywood type musical, they build a fantasy. There's elaborate set pieces. So when they step off of, you know, when they step out of the boiler room on the on the on the battleship and onto the hardwood floor, all of a sudden it's like, OK, it's it, this is a, this is fantasy. When they address it much like they did in Schmigadoon or in, let's say, um, let's say uh, Zoe's Incredible Playlist or something like yeah. that, where they say this is a weird thing that's actually happening whether people can hear it or not, are we supposed to believe one of two things is happening? 
in the world of it's one of three things it either cop or rock is based in our world and these these fuckers are just singing for no reason or it's a world where everybody sings everything or the weirdest possible thing it's a world where only they're singing and no one's reacting to it like because I'm, it's not like they're in a gym like he's in a gym singing a song about wanting a ham sandwich mm-hmm. and everybody's singing along with him nobody's yeah. side-eyeing him nobody's giving him weird looks there is an entire sequence with um um young cop with weird hair uh woman and her partner where they're in a for some reason and, and they never really explore this outside of this one scene where they're in like this lavish person's home oh god yeah the fashion oh my god yeah and they're singing an entire song while getting dressed up and i'm like where is this is this happening this is that is the thing i hate the most about modern musicals is they never establish what how this is supposed to be happening and it really takes me out of the thing when mm-hmm. i can't understand like and and I understand this 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 show came out during a time when Twin Peaks was around and X Files and, and and surrealist TV was something to that was happening. But give me a give me a branch, give me something to grab onto, guys. Well, Besides, you know, like does the baby merchant guy just sing to everyone? <laughs> like for me, let's take a more modern movie, Dancer in the Dark with Bjork. Now, granted, this was a very dark movie. That's much better than the shit we watched. That's the the thing, though. Although the musical numbers weren't these big, fantastical, over-the-top masterpieces, you knew that they were in her her mind. They were fantasy for her. So when the song ended, yeah, other people were singing and dancing with her. Even the dead cop that, that she supposedly killed was singing and dancing with her after he had died. But you knew that this was her mind trying to make her process what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's something Versus that Ronnie Cox riding a horse down the middle of a street and wherever <laughs> they are. Thank you. With yeah. Tumbleweeds. Yeah, yeah, he's riding a horse down in East LA yeah. singing a country song. And that's the whole and thing. The problem is this 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 TV show personifies musicals in the mid to late 80s to early 90s and it drives me crazy the the dead time for musicals no one knew how to write for musicals no one knew how to direct musicals that's why there's i mean from like early 80s to like other than disney disney doesn't count early 80s to well i guess oliver and company does kind of count because it's kind of shit too (laughs) but you know there was this dead time for musicals that we just came out of you know grease and annie do And all that. We hadn't got to Bodyguard yet. We hadn't got to Chicago. You know, um, we hadn't Rent got to, or the Lion King or, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Moulin Rouge. We hadn't got to that yet. So in the 80s and 90s, when you give a musical to someone, the first thing I know about this, this ain't going to work. No one knows musicals anymore. Musicals suck in those two decades. This show personifies that. Yeah, no, it 100% does. Like, it is. It is the thing where nobody knows what to do with it. So we are supposed to believe that in the world in which Cop Rock happens, which is theoretically, I guess, our world. Yeah. Only the cops sing. Or sometimes the criminals, I guess. Yeah, because I was going to say with the police lineup scene when uh, she's trying to, you know, uh, what's her face is uh, protecting the guy that she's trying to uh, that they're trying to get on the lineup. The lineup is singing. 
and uh, you know <laughs> what I call the Rico Suave singers. Um, but I guess it. Oh, you mean you mean uh, trash in, trash out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the one of the worst songs in the entire thing. And by the way, episode three, they introduce us to a cop in such a way that uh, he was supposed to have always been there. <laughs> uh, vegan cop. Yes. They just introduce us to vegan cop like like he's always supposed to have been in the show. <laughs> like we're supposed to know who he is. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> kiss my ass, cop rock. <laughs> I think with I, I think that the hint that this is actually in our real world and people have the understanding that the singing is just a normal part of the life exists in two points in this show which is one of the things that really frustrates me about the show also is one of the scenes, of course, is the Ronnie Cox scene when he's riding down East L.A. That is so, that because, was like my final straw. Because the kids are so excited to see this horse. They're like, ooh, excitement and chasing after the horse and everything. That scene and the, the scene for the funeral of the cop who died in the first episode. And... Um, <laughs> And you know the 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 thing, and my friend. So I have a question about that scene, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you, um, an out an out gay man, um, was the subtext that they were more than just partners? I believe so. I think he was madly in love with him. Yeah, because the way he was acting, even even not. I mean, he said I loved him, and then (laughs) it flashed to the audience and somebody was really uncomfortable with that i think it was ronnie cox (laughs) yeah because i mean the way he reacted to his his partner dying in the in the 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 range of bullets firing out he acted like he lost a lover he really did and when he's singing that eulogy which then gets immediately interrupted by the randy newman song you know it's literally i'm telling you that's what they do they're just like well, and here's Randy about. Newman. Have a temper down. When that you bullets flying when you under the gun. It's like shut up. And let's talk about that cop that dies in the first five minutes of the first episode. I mean, we haven't even met really met anybody in the show yet. Mm-hmm. And already we got a cop who's dying, and then his funeral in the next episode. Shouldn't we feel something? We don't. We don't. don't. No, you know what I felt? I felt indigestion. Yeah, I felt nausea. So I felt confusion, general, general confusion as to what I was watching pretty much the entire time, though. So but 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 you know what? The one moment, though, out of the four episodes that we watched when the mayor finds love. No, (laughs) not. I mean, that could have been. When the, when the mayor and Ronnie Cox start the, falling in love with each the, other because the all the Cinderella sudden, moment in Cop Rock. Yes, because suddenly oh, she no longer has a horse face and Ronnie and Cox. Now he loves her. Yeah, and Ronnie he, wants to cox her. You know, gosh basically. Gosh darn it! I should have uh, seen your inner beauty. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, and and anyway, even you know what? No matter no matter how much you know, plastic surgery she got, bitch needs to fix her hair. Uh, uh, I mean, that, that goes for a lot of people. I lived <laughs> in the '90s. I w- I had hair in the '90s. It wasn't great, but nobody on this show had good hair. She looked like Reba McIntyre got electrocuted. She she looked like a bus and truck company version of Bride of Frankenstein, but Reba, they hired Reba McIntyre to do it to the Grand Old Opera. <laughs> 
It's like what the Pinky Tuscadero character in the Paul Lynn Halloween special would have looked like in real life in that segment is what she looked like. It was wild. I, I understand they were going for like a Margaret, an, a, an 80s aesthetic Margaret Thatcher thing. Mm-hmm. But good God, like. But, but again, that's what makes me think that this is supposed to be like a fantasy musical thing is like a lot of that stuff was super exaggerated. Like anything that Ronnie Cox did was like so hyper exaggerated mm-hmm. that I don't you know what I mean? Like. And the most what the fuck part about what we've watched would go towards that argument, and that's the Plastic Surgeon song. Oh, my God. Seriously. We watched Dr. Caligari. (laughs) I know. You texted me like, is this Dr. Caligari? Because it really did. It became Dr. Caligari all of a sudden. It was absolutely. You know, I would love someone to come out with an explanation for this show. Like, that's what I would like to see, is somebody come out and say, you know, oh, well, you know, now that there's podcasts and shit, like somebody in the creation of this show to come out, go on a big podcast and explain it. Like, is there an explanation for every scene where, you know, where somebody was like seeing this through their eyes or whatever that, that makes this, you know, like a, like a snow globe or a, you know, a new heart wakes up moment (laughs) in this thing that makes sense. Is there a way to just make it kind of make sense at least? You know, there was one lesson that, though, I will say that I did walk away with from watching oh, no. the show. Oh, no. And that lesson is bigger is better when under a sweater. <sighs> no, see, mine was... Uh, that lyric teamed up with the reference to Michael Jackson during the Plastic yeah. song. I was like, wow! See, mine was uh, You Gotta Hump It to Pump It. <laughs> which happened during the workout song. <laughs> <sighs> this show was oh. a this show was a nightmare. I can't believe you found a redeeming quality. I'm telling you, the only redeeming quality for me was the Baby Merchant song, which actually slaps. If you watch the whole thing, it is a it is the closest you get to a musical, you know, in in capital musical number in this thing. So I have I, I have think a... you would last very long singing that song in prison. By the way, no, just singing to the inmates. Mm-hmm. To, with a weird Johnny Cash like bar clang and like, <laughs> like I think you'd probably get fucked up real quick. We stopped watching this way too early because I know there's one more episode coming up where they have to go round up the homeless people living under in shanty towns under the under the, the highway. Oh Jesus, it gets worse, huh? It gets worse. We miss. We haven't got there yet. I I would think let's 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 revisit Cop Rock. Under no circumstances, producer Chris. <laughs> I was like asking me to read this. I, 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 I will take the sacrifice and do it for you, Andy, because I own the damn thing. I I spent good hard cash on this stupid thing. So maybe they give they, the baby merchant a few more songs, and it makes it palatable for me. Uh, I do have to. It, it does beg to ask, though, uh, after our most recent episode. Is this worse than pre-Mutos? No. (laughs) No. Which, by the way, they are releasing on Blu-ray with a newly discovered extended director's cut. Do you think they listen to this show? 
You know if what? they do, Please can do. they stop? Because that's not why we're doing this. It will tell you what to release on Blu-ray. Because when we released the 50th episode, when, when, we, when we did the, the 50th episode, the announcement of Pre-Mutos on Blu-ray was the very next day. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. No. I need, listen, if you're going to release anything with a special edition director's cut on Blu-ray, like, uh, like, uh, like Restored, give me Twice Dead. Give me something like that. We don't need permutos. Are you insane? We are we are though getting Dr. Caligari on Blue. I know, which is exciting. Yeah, so we are getting that that at least. So there's the yin to the yang right there. Um, I can't recommend Cop Rock. I can't. I mean, I I own it, and I will say, okay, I own this, and I will complete the show since I spent the money on it. But I would say, just look at clips. Yeah. Don't subject, don't subject yourself to an entire episode of this shit. Yeah, that's not necessary. Just, yeah, just, just, you got, you got the internet now. Just use it. You don't need, you don't need to watch. And seriously, the four hours I watched felt like forever. <clears throat> yeah. Like, how is this still going? And I stretched mine out over the course of a week and it still felt like. <sighs> well, I watched them two and two for sure. Mm-hmm. But my thing, I was just like, how is this still a thing that's on my TV right now? Like, oh, by the way, the, the the DVD that I got from Shout Factory, they actually restored the fucker. Like for me, by the time that Randy Newman would come up and be like, "Well, it's flying hand sandwich," I was like, "Have I been watching this for an hour now? Is this a different episode than started? No, it's just <laughs> the ten minutes in that they decided to give us the Randy Newman treatment." Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I can't recommend it. I think you're right. If you wanna, if if you wanna laugh or be curious about any of this stuff, the internet exists exactly for this reason. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, John Oliver. Thanks. Um, so. I think it was a worthwhile endeavor to um, to watch it. I think. I think. I think that that we. I'm glad we. I'm glad we did. Mm-hmm. But now it's done, and we don't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> Much like Premutos. <laughs> uh, I can't even say it was a worthwhile endeavor to watch that. <laughs> well, as I promised you, I mean, we do have another episode that's coming up this month where we uh, are talking about the the nineteen eighty variety show Pink Lady. I got takes. <laughs> I got takes on Pink Lady. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that episode coming up. But as I promised you, um. There, there, there is going to be, and I won't, I won't have you tell me what the secondary, uh, what you chose to throw at me until we talk about Pink Lady. Um, but I do, I do want to let you know what your reward is for having to endure all this. Okay. Okay. Um, now, uh, I said for September that we were going to take on one of the biggest cult films of all time, and we are. Uh, this movie is actually celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. Okay. And uh, we also have a very special guest star joining us for this episode. All right. Um, We will be talking about the 1986 animated movie Transformers the movie. Fuck yeah, baby. All right. And and joining us along the ride will be uh, the super cool nerd show host, Jason Dillard. Oh, Jason, baby. Yes, because who else to talk about Transformers than him? You got to church. I get to see uh, 
I mean, my favorite weird Transformers again. This is good. I'm into it. And I would highly recommend. I mean, it's not streaming anywhere. I would honestly highly recommend just investing in the Ultra HD restoration because, damn, it looks good. They they restored the fuck out of this film, and it's never looked or sounded this good. It really good. has. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Orson Welles in his final form. I'm good <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah, they they really did a good job restoring it. So, but yeah, that's 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 your reward for uh, having to endear <laughs> cock rock. Now, the 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 second feature that I sent you. Now that's you October. Me, yeah, you told me that I cannot open that till October. Right. So we're not talking about that this month. No. Okay. No, we're not going to talk. I already shared with you, I think, the thing I want to watch, um, Sight Unseen, for September. No, you have not yet. So I think I, I did by passing. I, I think I think I've landed on it, and I because I, I want to do something that neither of us have seen. Okay, it could have been um, anything. So yeah, so. <laughs> I only talk about you a sent thousand. Me so many of these, I don't have no idea. So I, 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 I will I say this. I, I will say this. You're gonna have. I, I'm hoping that maybe for the month of October. I may have found your new Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I'm hoping. I'm praying. I have. I will tell. I'm going to give you this. This for for October, and I think I told you this in, in before. The movie that I sent you that you cannot open. Yeah. I had a burnt copy of that movie, <clears throat> or nap, whatever it was that I got it from. Um, LimeWire. Watched it so many times that it broke. <laughs> Wow. <coughs> I love and I've been wanting to do this movie and I and I've it's one of it's it's really I I'm not going to get into it. It's it's really interesting um but also horrible. So I can't wait. I can't wait for you to watch it. You this know thing. what that describes October's movie that shows also. <laughs> it's it's a horrible movie but god Damn it, it is so much fun at the same time uh, because of all who's in it and what it's about and everything. So, uh, yeah, I can't say I can't say any more about it until the the time comes. But, yes, in September, we'll be talking about Transformers, the movie with uh, Jason Dillard. And uh, we will have another episode coming out soon where we will discuss Pink Lady and Jeff. And uh, God, I can't wait to hear what you got to say about this. <laughs> Your texts were interesting about it. I, I I can't wait to talk about it. I have a lot to unpack for myself. Yeah, and we only watched two episodes of that one too. I might Alrighty. have to go back and watch more. <laughs> Put that out there. All right, gig. Thank you very much for joining us on this journey uh, for Cop Rock, and we will see you next time. Bye. May the sun shine, tears and rain, precious memories and years go by. Eyes of darkness, fear and pain. That we had When all that's left is a photograph Not one golden moment in the sun Doing what had to be done Living under the gun
there Not a sign of comfort anywhere In the alley, on the stair You call it, I will 